G'day everyone, Big Ozzy Pepe here, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I don't actually have my spreadsheet open at the moment, so I don't know what number this one is. But that's okay, because I know what we're talking about, and I do have my list in front of me of the things that I want to cover for it. So, uh, we can do alright from there. And the topic for today is preparing for winter. Here in Australia, we, well, you know, everywhere else as well, it's currently May. And June is the first month of winter here, so June, July, August is our winter months here. And it's already pretty cold. I must say, outside here in Victoria, it is um, like 10 degrees at the moment, uh, but it feels like 5 degrees, which is what my the app on my phone says, the uh, Bureau of Meteorology app, or the BOM. Uh, that's a very good app. gives you very good information. Uh, I particularly like the weather radar on that one. So, yeah, it's already getting pretty darn cold here. And I wanted to talk today about preparing for the upcoming winter. I've got a feeling that it's going to be quite a cold one and probably a wetter one than usual. A few little updates before we get into the podcast. Uh, I've been busy in the garden. I've set up the two garden beds that I've mentioned previously. They're um, out the front. They're set up quite nicely. I put down some cardboard. I had a whole heap of cardboard to use up, so it was a good to, way to do that. Um, having the second, uh, what do you call them, compost bin set up is also good. I've been able to put some cardboard scraps in there along with a whole lot of grass clippings. I made sure to keep dog poo out of it. Important when you're mowing the lawn to do a good poop scoop first and only use grass that you feel pretty confident that you don't have the poop in it. And um, got those garden beds completely set up as well. And I actually put the little seedlings that we got growing from Safeway or Woolworths in there. And I don't have a lot of confidence that they will grow, really planting them at the wrong kind of uh, time of year. I don't think they've really released those at the right time of year. They sort of only came out a few months back and uh, really I think you should be starting to grow your seeds from seed, growing seedlings from seed probably at the end of winter um, when things start to you know, ease up and then by the time they're ready to go to the garden in spring then you're you know looking good so I uh, don't have a whole lot of confidence but you really need to practice these skills uh, seeing I learned a lot just from getting those seeds uh, up to the seedling stage uh, a lot about uh, timing and how much to water them, how, you know, when they're overwatered, had a couple that, uh, the little cardboard packaging started to go a bit moldy. So that was an interesting experiment. Doing some other things around the house, getting some plans done, uh, doing some sorting and stuff, getting ready for, for winter. I've been doing things, uh, myself. I've been actually getting some extra supplies here and there. I'm able to. I found a really good deal at Colts recently. They had these really large sort of, not one, kind of like better, I don't know how you, you sort of uh, equate the weight because it's uh, it was dried herbs and uh, dried chili, and there was a bag of really good coffee beans that uh, was like half price. So I got those and I put them into. I had three empty mason jars from the mason jars I bought some time back. I used the uh, rice and various things out of those. I uh, also got a chance to use my uh, brake bleeder, which I can use with the lids I got from my mason jars to be able to seal those shut. So that's cool, not having to pull out the, the whole vacuum sealing machine to vacuum seal them shut, and it's just good practice. Good way off the grid to be able to preserve some things. Uh, I did have a little accident with the chili flakes, I must say. I went to put the uh, the sealing lid on, and because I didn't have anything down on my, my tabletop, the jar kind of slid and tipped over, and I uh, had to end up uh, vacuuming up a whole lot of chili flakes. Didn't lose too much, but still, you know, that's annoying. So yeah, on to the actual main topic for today, preparing for winter, although some of those things are definitely, you know, perhaps for winter, and I will have more garden beds made before the end of winter, so this spring is going to be awesome. Uh, I've made a bit of a list here of things that I'm going to be, first of all, checking off to make sure we have, 
filling in any gaps that we have in these and then purchasing additional ones where it's appropriate, where it's needed, and when I can find good specials because I'm a, I'm a real good bargain hunter, uh, I reckon, anyway. And, for example, number one on my list here, actually it's number four, but I'm going to read it first because I just got them the other day, was some more face masks. Now, here in Australia, we've been quite uh, fortunate or you know, had at least some good management from the government where the number of active cases is very, very low. Whenever there's one or two that pop up, the states uh, in charge of that area uh, seem to go into it pretty quick. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. There's been a whole lot of uh, snafus with the hotel quarantine, obviously, but uh, overall, I think at the moment, we're doing very good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just meet my uh, expectations here. I am expecting coming into winter that there will be Obviously, some um, normal flu around, and but uh, hopefully we, we keep the numbers of the coronavirus down. Uh, but the masks at the moment at Chemist Warehouse, the main place I get my stuff from, uh, normally $34 for a box of 100 down to currently about $19. So, good time to buy them, I guess. Because we're not mandated to wear masks in most places at the moment, they are currently a bit cheaper. The old supply and demand. Uh, on my list here, we also have clothes and blankets. I recently managed to actually pick up a really good uh, wooden blanket, um, one I haven't actually had before. It's kind of like the old style, almost like an army blanket. It's actually a mix of wool and other fibers, and it's um, really dense. It has that nice wool smell, which you know my kids don't necessarily think is cool. And it's um, it's fairly light but warm without making you too hot. So I've just sort of been trying it out, and it's a very nice one to have. They are a bit more expensive than your standard kind of uh, you know, fleece blanket, which I also highly recommend. But um, I'm going to be actually putting that one, I think, in the tailgate of the car because if you were to break down, that would be a great one to have on hand to keep you warm. And one of the main things that's good about wool is even if it gets wet, it'll still keep you warm. So that's a bonus. Uh, on that same vein, clothes. I actually found from the NQR recently they had these things kind of like kind of like woodies. So it's like a big woolly, fleecy kind of um, hoodie jumper with a big, you know, sort of pouch pocket as well. And those things are super warm. So I picked up one of them up for each of the family members. Yeah, I think I need to get a couple more. I don't think I've got one for everyone because the other, other ones had some other warm thing, but uh, I think everyone should have one of those. That will keep you warm if the uh, power goes off and you need some thing to keep you warm. I think blankets are great. If you've got a family member that knows how to like knit, like my mother does, um, getting wool blankets made, even the um, sort of crocheted and looking ones, the knitted ones you see thrown over the back of every single couch, then those ones are really great for keeping you warm as well. We also have some of those for the, for our dogs to keep them warm. One of my dogs is particularly fussy and likes to be covered with the blankets. Next on my list, and actually in line with uh, masks, so other things from the pharmacy, hand sanitizer. Obviously, there were periods when that was one of those other things that was quite hard to get, and people were making their own from vodka and uh, rubbing alcohol and all sorts of things. Get some now when you see them on special. Find ones that you uh, like. Make sure they are at least 70% alcohol. If it doesn't say how much alcohol, I don't buy them. It has to be at least 70%. I think some of them, they skimp on it. Uh, also, things possibly from the pharmacy. Most of these are cheaper, definitely, from uh, your supermarkets and places. Um, I put these all together. We have honey. Apple cider vinegar, white vinegar, and uh, particular spices. We'll come back to the spices in a minute. So things like honey and apple cider vinegar and um, are great for uh, baking drinks for your throat. If you have a bit of a sore throat, can definitely help. My primary job as a trainer requires me to talk 
all day often, so five hours straight sometimes. So having something like that is great to soothe the sore throat. Uh, white vinegar is a great uh, cleaner as well. So uh, 70% vinegar to 30% water makes a, a nice spray that will kill most things. Very good against mold, actually. Coming into the uh, cooler, wetter months, that'll be handy. Um, I've also been stocking up on dry soup mix. Uh, not so much the little packets, although they are very good for a quick, um, warm pick-me-up. The uh, more so the packets of the, the dry lentils and, and bean mix. Uh, add that to some vegetables and you've got a really hearty soup. A good one to have on hand. I think soup would be um, definitely a very valuable uh, resource to have uh, in a, some sort of grid down um, situation. If you can heat water, then you can make soup. So uh, also a good way to use up your vegetables. Uh, some essential Aussie oils or some Aussie essential oils. Eucalyptus, tea tree, uh, two of the great ones that I consider to be very Australian. Obviously, eucalyptus trees, uh, very much an iconic Australian plant. And the, a lot of um, respiratory issues can be soothed with some eucalyptus oil. Um, you'll be careful, though. It is quite strong. It's not the kind of thing you want to put on your face. I'm not speaking from experience, of course. I have nothing to do with that. Uh, once again, tea tree as well is a great uh, topical antiseptic. Uh, so you can put that on bug bite or something. So very useful oils. Also having a diffuser going or something, something in the air. I think it's very good for the lungs. Quite soothing. Uh, and get all the other ones. We use a lot of peppermint and lavender. Would probably be the other two main ones. Uh, so get your essential oils stocked up now. Next on my list, and this probably could go on with clothes, obviously, but some good slash bed socks, gloves, and beanies. So you can get these really woolly socks. Once again, NQR usually has them. About 2 $3 a pair. Uh, that they're really woolly inside and have little grips on the outside so you don't slide too much. Uh, they're good ones to keep your feet warm. The beanies are very important for your head. I think if you've got good socks and a good beanie, you're going to um, help prevent a lot of the heat loss. I've got a beanie that's sort of like a, a face covering one. It's kind of hard to describe. I might have to do a video on it. Um, it look a bit silly wearing it, uh, but it can be sort of pulled down into a neck covering, which I think, um, particularly as I'm getting a bit older, in one of the places I really feel the cold sometimes is uh, on my neck. So having that pulled down over the neck is um, a great way to keep warm. Uh, so you combine that with a, a separate beanie. You can have sort of alternate. You can sort of take the beanie off and pull the other thing up to put, cover your head as well. It can even be pulled up at the front to cover your your mouth, so to protect you from the, the wind there. Uh, I really like them. And gloves. I'm not a huge glove wearer. The gloves I wear are kind of unusual. Uh, usually I've got like a pair of um, almost like not quite welder's gloves, but they definitely are uh, leather. Um, being hard wearing on things, I find them really good. They keep my hands warm enough when I'm walking and um, can also reduce some of the uh, strain on my hands from using the, the big walking stick that I use. You can get uh, fingerless gloves, sort of wool gloves. You can even get those ones which have little mittens that you can pull over. They'd be very good to keep your hands warm, but give you the ability to be tactile with things as well. Uh, moving along here, uh, wood. So we do have a wood heater, but we don't really use it much. It's definitely there if we need it, but um, if we need it, we're also going to need the wood to go with it. So we should get some more wood. We can You can get it from like Bunnings and stuff, and that's probably where we usually get it. Obviously, that's not the most cost-effective. Often, there are places you see signs up. Obviously, they're, they're cutting down trees and like a redwood for sale. And you've got to sort of buy it in the, the trailer load and the tunnel, whatever the heck they, they weigh it in. So I probably should get some of that at some point and find a good place to, um, to store it. You, need, you do need your wood to be seasoned. So you can't just cut down a tree and chuck the wood in a fire. That's not how that works. Uh, you, it has to be seasoned. And it's quite, you know, an appropriate term because it'll probably take about one season 
you know, about three months of it being in a, in a fairly dry, off-the-ground place for it to actually dry enough to um, be used as good wood for the heaters. Would love to have one of those wood stoves as well where you can actually cook on top of them. I think that'd be pretty cool. On a similar vein here, oil heaters. I think oil heaters are a good way to produce some heat. They run off electricity, and if you have some sort of solar setup, or um, the fact that if you have um, solar panels, then you're already sort of reducing your electrical bill. So you should be focusing on um, using things that can produce heat uh, from electricity rather than from gas or from, from the wood. So oil heaters, I think, are pretty good. I think they, they produce a nice heat too. Uh, stop stocking up on your batteries. Make sure you get the batteries that you need for your devices. Some of them will take triple A's, double A's, uh, C's and D's. Uh, try and work out what you have. Make a bit of a list and get good ones. I, I've brought cheap ones before and they're never worth the savings. So uh, stock up on batteries. Um, mostly for my things, I find it's the double uh, A's and triple A's. And um, I sometimes buy the Aldi's ones, but I don't put too much faith in them. They're ever ready. Uh, a pretty pretty good everybody in Duracell. Some of them also have like a five or ten year uh, no use keep my charge kind of guarantee so uh, they're worth looking into. Making sure you've got your entertainment sorted out. If you're going to be uh, sort of trapped at home and here in Victoria we don't get, well at least we don't get snow. Uh, so we don't get snowed in. There is actually places you can go in Victoria to go skiing which I would love to go back and do one day. Uh, but here, not so much. I mean, it's not impossible that it could happen. It's just incredibly unlikely. But it could be nasty enough outside with the rain and the cold and everything else to um, not want to go outside. So having um, board games, which we have quite a few, even quite a few we haven't even opened yet. So that'd be good ones to look at when um, you need some entertainment. Um, movies stored. So having a DVD collection, I think it's a great one. Having the ability off the grid to, to watch some uh, movies. You just need a little bit of power and you can get a, a low-watt TV or... Uh, a cheap uh, projector even to project to my laptop. There's quite a few options there. Uh, we're doing a whole section on digital off-the-grid um, entertainment at some point in the future. And having plenty of books. I know I've got my little bookshelf of uh, prepper-related stories. Not stories. Uh, well, some of them are. Uh, instruction manuals and medical books and all that kind of good stuff, but also just having some uh, fiction as well, whether it's prepper fiction or whatever kind you prefer. Having some books to read are going to be important. Uh, we're going to do a separate one for off-the-grid cooking. We did do a little bit of that before. I have got a little gas stove, which I have actually now tried out. So that was pretty good. And I need to do more practice of that and think a bit more about that. Because I was just, you know, making my coffee this morning, putting the kettle, and I'm doing a nice French press. So, you know, grind up those beans I was talking about. And I was just thinking, geez, what a pain it would be if I couldn't just flick the kettle on. You know, I could get a saucepan out, boil water on the stove, Yep, that'd work. What about if the uh, the gas was out as well? Then I'm going to have to get a little gas stove out and then I'm going to have to put the pot on that. And that's going to take a bit longer than, you know, you would be used to. So just having to think about that, like what would you actually do if you didn't have X? Okay. And then what if you didn't have Y? And then what if you didn't have Z? How many options do you have for actually doing something? And, you know, coffee, tea, things like that. Very important to me. Uh, final two here uh, kind of also go together. Uh, sleeping bags and a tent. Now, I'm not planning on going camping anytime soon. I would love to, but I'm not in a position to be able to do that. So uh, the idea behind the sleeping bags and tent are if you did have some situation where you couldn't leave home and the power and gas were down, and you had no heating, uh, a great option is to set up a tent in one of the rooms of your house 
um, and put the people in there in sleeping bags and they would be very warm overnight. They would be having to open up the tent to let the heat out. It's a great option for emergency heating, uh, particularly when you have to be sleeping as well. Actually, and another one I'm going to add to this list that isn't there at the moment is um, CO2 detectors and your smoke alarms in general. Uh, if you're doing stuff inside, I know there was a when the um, Texas had its recent cold snap, a lot of people actually um, passed away and put themselves in a lot of danger by trying to cook inside and have um, heating inside that wasn't really set up for it. So uh, if you're doing anything like that, you have to be super, super careful, guys. Just uh, yeah, make sure you do your due diligence research and read up on what is safe and, and what is not and having those other things in place like a CO2 detector to, to make sure you're not going to just you know go to sleep and not wake up again. Not good at all. So that's my list for things that I'm going to be doing to prepare for the upcoming winter. Uh, I'm sure I will add to this list as time goes on. We might do a little update to see how I'm going, get, hold myself accountable and come back and see what else we can do and what I haven't done yet. I would like to know what you guys are doing to prepare for winter. Those of you who are in the southern part of the world like me and um, for those of you in the north who have come out of the winter, what things, did, lessons would you like to pass on? What things have I missed for my list that you think should be on there? And I'd be very interested to uh, to find that out. Um, last time I did say that I was going to put uh, my details in the description and I kind of did it after the fact and I don't know how that updates on the podcast thing. So I'm going to put details for the um, email address you can contact me on and I will be working on a website soon uh, too. So thanks everyone for joining me today. And until next time, remember, as always, if you can't be a gray man, be a big man. See you.